yes, I am still on vacation. So today, I'm going to replay an episode from 2021 called Do You Feel Pressured by People in a Fellowship? Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand listening to the Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. As always, so glad you're here with me. Don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me. I am glad for that. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. I'm very grateful for the loving example that I received in Alcoholics Anonymous when I really needed it. so confused for so long. It's so easy to be so confused in Alcoholics Anonymous. There's so many opinions, so many styles, so many ways of doing things. So many things that contradictory of other things. It's just confusing. It can be. Definitely was to me. Very confusing. If you're in Alcoholics Anonymous and you were confused, I don't blame you. It's very confusing. I got a text from someone, a friend of mine in Washington, D.C. said that usually they feel like they're speaking a completely different language in Alcoholics Anonymous. For making it so simple. But I'm really grateful that I did have put in my path when I really needed it, when I was going to drink, somebody who was a living loving example of the program.
it's what really helped me. And everything this person did, and the people around him for that matter, could be reconciled in the first 164 pages. In other words, in the big book, in working with others, it it says the following. Tell me, as I say these things, think about how uncommon these things are in your experience in Alcoholics Anonymous, wherever you are. Think about how uncommon they are. They're not unheard of, but they're uncommon. You ready? Says that You should never pressure a newcomer into working with you or into getting sober. You should not push someone into doing the steps. You shouldn't nudge them. should never talk down to them. You should never moralize or lecture. You should make it clear they're under no obligation to you. Encourage them to follow their conscience. You shouldn't be offended if they want to work with somebody else. shouldn't chase them. shouldn't brand them an alcoholic. I say all that because I, I don't know, really, a lot of people who don't feel pushed. Matter of fact, the people that I know who don't like AA, and there's a lot of them, don't like AA because of their experience in AA, which largely involves the opposite of what I just recited. People feel bullied and pressured and controlled and talked down to and judged and Fortunately, this is the very opposite of what is written in the big book. That is not Alcoholics Anonymous. That is the people in it. What can you do about it? I try not to be one of those people. That's all I can really do. I want to be somebody who makes it welcoming I don't want to talk down to anybody I don't want to lecture I don't want to moralize I don't want to I know I do those things sometimes I know it very unattractive 
I know that I have made Alcoholics Anonymous look very unattractive to people at times. And, um, I hate it. But what really helped me was somebody who lived those things I recited. Somebody who really acted that way. That's the person who really, truly carried the message to me. I've talked about him on here plenty. His name is Mike. I'll go to the meetings early and just listen to him interact with people. Got to go to his house. He had a lot of really fun gadgets around the house. Like a bunch of, um, I don't know, practical jokes kind of thing. You know, you, you, when, you, when you opened the gate, there was a fake dog that would bark. He had a lighter on his watch. But he just wasn't, he wasn't immature. It's hard to explain. He was just having a blast. And, um, my friend Bill and I talked about him a lot. What would Mike, you know, we just, we, we just talked about him a lot because his example was so, um, unusual. He was just, I just had never seen anything like it. I remember recently I saw him one time speak at a meeting before I met him and before I guess I needed to hear him. I saw him speak at a meeting and I didn't really think much of it. I remember one thing he said at that meeting. He said he had this, you know, Italian, he was from New York, a little Italian guy, he had this accent, you know. Remember, he stood at the podium years before I went to a year, I guess, a year or so before I went to his meeting. And I remember he said, I haven't had a bad day in 20 years. Put that in your pipe. And I remember thinking, you're right. I remember thinking, if you haven't had a bad day in 20 years, then you're, you've never had a bad day because you're just not intelligent enough to have a bad day. <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, that was the kind of thing I was thinking. I've shared about it on here. I used to think you had to be really, you had to be really intelligent to be miserable. <laughs> only, only stupid people were happy. They just didn't have the insight, the awareness that a miserable person would have. Sounds crazy when you say it out loud, but I believed that.
you know, one of the things that he taught me was that, you know, you hear a lot like recovery has to come first, has to be number one. I mean, that is true. No doubt about it. But what he taught me is treat recovery like a pair of glasses. You just put them on and you live a normal life. You don't live a life where you're obsessed with AA, where your whole life is doing nothing but helping other people in a way to avoid your own life or, you know, disassociation or something that I have done in my sobriety times. But he was like, put the glasses on. He didn't say this, but this is what he he exuded. This is what he demonstrated. Put the glasses on. Labeled recovery. And live a life. Like a normal life. I mean, up until I got the message that I got from him going through the big book line by line dissecting it by subject instead of by chapter or by step but taking apart the book and saying what does the whole book say about this subject before that I really didn't think I could ever have a normal life I think I really believed that I was stuck having an abnormal crooked I don't know, just not normal, not a normal life. I really believed that. And it's all bullshit. Thank God. There's a big difference between looking at everything in your life saying, where is recovery in this? Then in saying, my whole life has to be recovery. I have to go to meetings. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to help people. I got to. There's a big difference in those things. Sometimes you say, where's recovery in this recovery? And this sometimes is going by the pool. Resting. Sometimes recovery is blasting. I mean, it's following your dreams. It's pursuing your ambitions. It's doing things that feel fun for you. That's recovery. I didn't know that. Maybe it's obvious. When you're listening to this, you're thinking, yeah, no, no, no kidding. But it just, I didn't, wasn't obvious to me. Not at all. So, I mean, you know the mentality where it's like, well, I wanted to go do that and have fun, but I can't because I got to concentrate on recovery. That is what I mean by it's not separate things. I hope this is making sense. Just put on the glasses. Say, where is recovery in all this? Where is recovery in this situation? Where is recovery in this is it healthy for my recovery to be like really uptight and really stringent about how, like I 
I mean, whatever I was about to say, the answer is no. So I don't know. Maybe you're uptight right now and you could take, take a deep breath. Say, It's not easy, but it's shouldn't be stressful or complicated or overbearing either. Shouldn't be crippling. I learned that if it's weighing me down and it's crippling, if it's suffocating, then there's something wrong. Something's missing. My perspective needs to be changed. And maybe my focus. And therefore, what I'm doing. I'd like to say hello to Chelsea. And, um, To anyone who needs to hear it, everything is okay. Everything's okay. Whatever's going on right now, God is bigger. That's my experience. All right. I have some uh, cars to pick up. Like, literally pick up. Like, bench. I'm going to bench El Camino. 86 El Camino today. I'm going to bench. No photo shoot. No modeling. Just my spare time. Spare tea. Tea is short for time. I'm just going to bench... El Camino, 86. It's beige. Not that that matters. And, um, I don't know, for fun I might put some, something in the back. You know, some bricks or something. Uh, mix up a little bit. Give myself a real challenge. All right, I'm out of here. I don't know why my life was saved, but at that note, I'm going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.